You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. <laughs> Leg out. So you get some spaceship sounds. <laughs> we have the technology. That the parents stopped buying hot pockets and downgraded to corn dogs, literally because of me. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James McMillan. In the corner is hiding away, as always. Neil, what? there it is. <laughs> In the other corner, we got Andrew Carry on. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're glad you're here. We're going to talk some shit. Last, ta- last show of the month. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. God, January flew by, eh? Eh? Where are Canadian. you from? <laughs> I'm from Newport Beach, California. Oh, wow. I didn't, Otherwise know, that, known as I didn't know that was part of the Canadian provinces. <laughs> um, tonight's guest is Mike Milford. What's going on, Mike? I was hanging out. Yeah? Glad to see you. Chilling? Having a good time with you guys. Uh, good. You got a beverage in hand? What are you drinking? My seltzer water with lemon Ooh, lime. Kroger seltzer water? Is it's that what cold. It? <laughs> yeah, I found a, a can that was blown up in there. Like, it actually ripped the can apart. Yeah. It looked like a grenade went off. Keeps me from drinking soda, so. Yeah, I know. Do you drink those at home? I do. Me too. And we have so many LaCroix Dude, at the oh office. Oh, God. The whole fridge is just Really? Full. Yeah. <laughs> at the Rise office? Yeah. No, it's, uh, we, we definitely all love our LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, it's like super popular now. Well, according to Sam just now, it's LaCroix. He's actually wrong. It's not LaCroix. Is he? No, it's not. Oh, damn it's, it. it. Everybody tells LaCroix. me I'm wrong whenever I think I get it right. No, well, it sounds like that's the, the correct French pronunciation is LaCroix, but it's actually LaCroix. French or something trying to prove a point. Yeah, I know. What a dick. Hey, Mike. Psalm. <laughs> go fuck yourself. He's not listening. All of a sudden, just don't bust worry, through guys. the door. <laughs> yeah, like the Kool Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. La Croix. Or whatever the fuck he said. Um, La Croix. Mr. Milford, uh, can you explain to the, the public, the listening crowd, what your, your job is, what, what you do in the industry, the, the music industry? You just made me feel really old, first <laughs> off. I haven't heard Mr. Milford yet before. Yeah. Well, I've already called you Milski yeah. at one point. So now uh, Mr. Milford. Neil was right. Your nickname's yep. going to change. It's going to change. Yeah. I can predict small amounts of future. You know oh, you man. know me very well. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, to start, I've pretty much been in almost 20 years now yeah. doing the music industry thing. I mean, it started off, obviously... You know, me being in my own band, and mm-hmm. then, you know, I put out multiple records on a record label called Victory Records, um, you know, toured for almost 10 years straight. You Pl- know. Playing in bands. Yeah, I was playing in bands, and then I tour managed right Pull afterwards. Pull that mic up, up to you. Um, yeah. I, I tour managed uh, 
you know, the band The Devil Wears Prada for a while, right when they oh, were starting right. out. Yeah, their their first they they did one tour on their own, and then they they had signed to Rise and were putting out that record, Plagues. And uh, yeah, I was their first tour manager. How long did you do that? A little over a year, and yeah. then I was just like, you know, at that point, kind of just ready to be home. And it's a hard gig. Man. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it was. It was, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, it's not as fun being on the road when you're not actually performing. Right. And, uh, you know, know, although it was, you know, I mean, I was making ends meet, yeah. making money. The, you know, the guys were some of the most easy dudes to work with ever. Now, what, at that point, what kind of venues are they playing? I mean, honestly, like, dude, because it was that first Rise Records tour that they had did, uh, we were on, and a lot of the shows were selling out, and it was one of their first real tours. Oh, really? It was, uh, you know, them and Drop Dead Gorgeous mm-hmm. and, you know, that early era, yeah. Metalcore Rise, you know. Um, you know, they were doing, you know, five, six hundred cap rooms and selling them all out. You awesome. know, it was, you know, not the huge thousand cappers or things maybe they're doing now, but, but you know. Shows. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, cool. you know, as, as a band, you know, when they were at that age, you know, and pretty fresh to everything and just selling it out, you know, it had to be a really good feeling for them. And they were yeah. they were headlining. Yeah, they were you know they were, you know instantly just like up there you know doing their thing and you know plagues was just come about to come out or coming out. Um, I forget the exact timeline of like when the record released compared to that tour, but uh, you know those dudes were you know super fun. They cared about everybody that worked for them. You know took care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know as long as they had internet and world of warcraft everything was good a couple burritos a day yeah yeah i know it was it was great you know great time and you know what's cool. funny is like now chris who is the guitar player and you know main songwriter for so many years of that band he uh he works at rise with me so it's cool you know oh, cool. every once in a while we'll have those hey remember when this happened story yeah, yeah. you know and from you know 2007 <laughs> 2008 just like a lot of really funny random stuff would happen yeah uh so it's you know it was it's cool you well, know it's and, funny any of the guys I know or girls that have TM'd for a while yeah it's like one of the best ways you can pay your dues in the music yeah. industry no I mean you you definitely other, other than playing in a band yourself like yeah I mean because like what what's cool is like with that I mean I I did most of the the business in my own band like we we had managers and then you know but it's just I was always like that hands on guy for the audience what what was that band uh, Scars of Tomorrow okay. Uh, you know, we actually, you know, most of the people that I work with on a daily basis now are all people I met who are either promoters or in bands back then right. that are like on the music industry side now. Like, you know, when, uh, when I had started my management company, Modern Empire, my partner with that was, uh, this guy named Scott Lee, who does like the New England metal and hardcore festival for a lot of years. He doesn't do it anymore, but, uh. You know, he was like my first promoter when we went to Western Massachusetts. And, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, early, like very early 2000s, I showed up and here's this big happy dude that was promoting our show. And he had like the largest pizza I'd ever seen. He's like, this is for you. <laughs> you know, did our show and, you know, it was a good time. You know, would always take us out when we go through town. You know, he ended up managing our, my band for a while, and that's weird. You know, we ended up becoming partners and doing right. tons of like stuff together, you know. And uh, you know, that's now awesome. now he also has a, a VIP company called Soundrink, and uh, you know, some of the bands I were managing were the first bands that did VIP packaging through them, and now their company is 
doing great. You know, most of the tours that go out there that have VIPs are all through that company. So it's just weird. You know, it's like a the circle definitely like you know stayed. You know, mm-hmm. and I, like everybody I met back then or people who I usually work with now, like you know Ash from Sumerian. You know, we had played with his band back in the day and you know he had booked the tour for like us in caliban and then his band at the time reflux and uh you know do business randomly with ash now too you know yeah yeah, so it's like you know it definitely came full circle you know but when i had first stopped tour managing you know i was uh i was managing like my first bands i was managing were like icy stars and carnifex right and that band catherine yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it was hard back then, you know, bands weren't making crazy money yet and, you know, trying to make ends meet. Too. So, you know, I, I had yeah. a degree that I got before I started touring and I, I tried finding a job in that industry and then. What uh, was that degree? I have an electronics engineering degree. Oh, wow. And. That's what, um, do you know Chris Scott? He's across the hallway here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm playing in a band called Bear Coven for a while. Yeah. Real cool. He's got, I think he's an electrical engineer. Yeah. yeah so, so he designs, you know. It, I learned how to do all that plus networking and I did all that for school. But like the, you know, the day of my last final, I mean, I had perfect grades all through college, right. like straight A's the whole time. Right. And then the day of the last final, I left school probably right around 5 p.m. I was at the band house at six o'clock that night mm-hmm. and we left that night to go out on a tour, you know, yeah. you know, did a tour yeah. with like, uh, did some dates with like Bleeding Through and Norma Jean uh, every time I die, like early in their career, you oh, know, yeah. and like we had did some favorites. shows with them in Texas and then, you know, we were kind of just like bouncing around, you know, doing whatever we could out there grinding just to, you know, yep. make our mark. And then, you know, sure. we, we, we did good. We did, you know, did really now, good for that whole time you were playing in bands and touring and doing that whole, like trying to make it in a band. Did you know that, like, did you know that managing bands was where you wanted to be? I didn't working on that side of the industry, working at a label. Yeah, that came later on. I mean, uh, it did for me too. You know, I didn't like, know that either. I was always like, I've always been like the responsible dude and everything yep, I've done, and always, always this the guy just kind of like yeah. steps up and be a leader. And like, I just, I felt more comfortable knowing that people were actually working on my band. So that's why I did a lot of it myself. Cause it's right. like, you know, as a band, it's hard to just trust that people are actually working for you. Of course. You don't see them every day, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you just have to trust that they're doing everything in their power to make the most moves for your band as far as, you know, like record deals wise, touring wise, publicity wise. And it's just, dude, it's a lot of faith to put on somebody. And that's like, uh, especially at that stage, you know, and I, you know, although, you know, my team was doing everything they could, you know, with certain circumstances of like, you know, the label we were on and, things we were working with, you know, is kind of hard to, to sometimes get things, you know, I and mean, we ended up getting a lot of really great tours, you know, overall and, you know, had friends that I had made over the years, you know, hooking us up. But, uh, you know, being on victory when all that bad stuff started happening with other bands, you know, it definitely was like a cripple, yeah. you know, trying to get tours, certain tours, cause some people just wouldn't fuck with victory, you know? Um, yeah. You know, at the same time, victory knows how to promote and sell records you know like they actually fuck fuck yeah they, they did, kill it, back you know then. it's like yeah they have tons of drama tony you know is off his rocker a lot but he did know how to sell records and he sold a lot of record for us because i can't really complain about that part it's just you know 
the other things that came along with it, you know, some people just can't take. And then, you know, the, the business he was having with other bands, you know, I can't, you know, it wasn't our business. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I, I know speak he, for yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that happened. You know, I, my experience is one thing and, you know, I'm not going to talk for everybody, but, sure. uh, you know, I had no clue that this is what I was going to do. You know, it's, it was one of those things where, okay, I, I had these couple of bands that I started managing, you know, and, uh, the first company I was working with was, um, the Artery Foundation. And, you know, when I was done touring and I was like, okay, Scars is done, you know, the, uh, the owner of that company at the time was like, Hey, I have this young hot band, need a tour manager. You know how to do all this. You've done it yourself for years. Like, can you go out with them? And I couldn't find a job because at that point my degree was outdated and everything switches so fast and I didn't know what the current technology was. So I was, I was like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'll go do that. And then I just want to manage, dude. Like that's what I really want to do because I know how to do that. And, uh, you know, I want to build up to the point where this is all I'm doing. So then he's like, okay, come to Sacramento. You know, you could just work out of here. Um, we'll build you up. So I went down to Sacramento for a while. And, uh, you know, how long were you down there? Oh, man, I was back and forth between there and I lived in Spokane for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some friends there and that's where, uh, my child's mom's from. Um, so I was kind of like, you know, yeah, moving back and forth depending on what sure. was going on. Sure. Uh, but home base for, you know, 2008 until 2015 was, you know, I was basically working out of Sacramento. It's a weird city, isn't um, it? I mean, dude, honestly, it's cool. I liked it better than anywhere else in California because yeah, it, it still kind of had like the small town yeah. vibe. I know some of it even was, like, though, really pretty. Yeah, like, you have everything you want. You're like two hours from Reno, mm-hmm. hour and a half to San Francisco. Like it's kind of it was it was a really cool spot, you know. And uh, I did meet and work alongside some good people there. I worked alongside, you know, some of they ultimately ended up being. I wish it would have never happened, but at the same time, you know, I did learn a lot there. I, I, you know, and, and I was brought into a full-time role there and, uh, with artery. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, soon after being there full-time, you know, uh, just kind of seeing, you know, how management was going and, you know, our company was doing well and we had some good things happening, but, you know, the talks of us doing a record label started popping up. So that's Artery Global? Art no, that's that's the booking agency. And originally Artery Global I'm was not gonna lie, the artery thing really confuses me. So it's er, like, originally global. Yeah, so originally Artery Global was not supposed to be a booking agency, although it is a booking agency now, and now it's not even called Artery Global, it's just called A G. So That's right. So right around two thousand It's changing like his nicknames. Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh you know, we talks of us. You know, we had somebody that wanted us to do a record label with them. Okay, uh, Razor and Ty, who's done a lot of really rad releases, and they do kids bop. You know, want to <laughs> do like get into like our our genres and do some more metalcore stuff, and that's what Artery yeah. Foundation was like specialized in. You know, it's like the company at that time was really really strong, and they were finding like all the bands, and at one point they literally had every big band in the scene. Right, and then you know, things happen, whatever. Um, and when the label thing popped up and the idea was there, you know, I just like stood up right away and I was like, "Hey, you know, 
Eric, I really want to front this. You know, I really want to do this. Like, this is my calling. Like, I really love marketing. I love promoting. And I'm good at branding and building bands from the ground up. I was like, I want to be the one that spearheads this label, you know. And he's like, yeah, you know. He's like, I don't have the time to really do it. And, you know, you have the drive and, you know. You know, so we, we basically split the label in half, you know, and it was like, you know, a co-venture thing between him and I, and then Razor and Ty was like our distributor and label partners, and, uh, you know, I went out and signed Chelsea Grant, Attila, I Declare War, Barry Tomorrow, um, you know, I went and I just, over the course As of- As the about, label? Yeah, yeah. Over the course of about five years, um, you know, we sold 750, 800,000 records before I finally just left. Um, and, you know, all those bands are still with me. You know, I still work with them. And you still you I've had them on a, Chelsea now, right? Yeah, you know, and I've had them for 10 years. Are you their manager? Yeah, I, I've, I, I do pretty much everything with the exception of booking for Chelsea Grin. You know, it's just we've worked together for literally 10 years now. And we... They're doing great, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've had other bands on my roster before that, you know... um, I I was actually managing a lot of bands at one point, but, you know, just some bands break up, some bands go away. Sure. Um, But, you know, all the bands that stay active and are usually constantly full-time touring, you know, I mean, we still are together and do stuff and work together in some aspect or another. And uh, it's just, you know, I've been able to form those relationships and that trust there that you have to have in this music industry uh, because it is shady in so many parts, you know. And It's uh, all about relationships. You know, I've seen and been, you know, put in the worst situations and the mm-hmm. best situations. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of like where why I'm here, what I'm doing now with Rise Records, you know. Um it was a great, great, great move for me. Um, you know, Craig Erickson, I've known for a really long time. And uh, I was kind of up here, like, you know, when I left Artery, I just had to basically start fresh with everything. And mm-hmm. I didn't go work at Rise at that point, but I started my own management company called Modern Empire. And, uh, you know, doing a couple other things within the music industry because I just, I, I just had to up and leave Artery. You know, it wasn't... Um, the right spot anymore. Did they sell too recently? They sold recently. Um, you know, and, and a lot of things happen with that so much. I can't, you know, I could probably go on about that forever here, but it's probably best that I don't reveal the story of, uh, all that right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I up and left in like October of 2015 ended up starting my own company. Um, and, uh, it went well, doing well, managing bands, had a bunch of people, you know, join with me, um, you know, had some younger managers come in, kind of like guiding them, showing them how to do it. Um, yeah, I noticed that. Do you still have a couple guys working with you? Yeah, I mean, we'll see, like, the mostly Scott Lee is spearheading that whole thing now. Okay. Um, you know, I still have bands that I work with, but, you know, he's really, like, spearheading that you know he's got Davey from Vanna working management mm-hmm. now and uh, he's doing really good he's got that sharp tooth band nice. uh, they're out right now and you know causing waves and they have another you were talking about them right now yeah they have a very 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 large tour that they'll be announcing and that band's actually you know making some noise and you know Davey's really working hard on them 
divulge all the information about the tour. Right no. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, and there's a, a couple others that are that are doing things. You know, Ricky, who's upstairs mm-hmm. from here, is starting to dabble and do some things in management now. And then, uh, you know, he's been doing tour management, and he's out there with Jason yeah, Richardson right now. He's been, like, on the road. Yeah, you know, he's staying consistent, you know, and yeah. it's like uh, – you know, he's kind of what I was at first. You know, he's out there making all those connections with promoters and agents and labels and publicity people. And, uh, you know, one day when he's doing an office job or, you know, different parts of the industry, those are going to be people, oh, yeah, I could call that person right now. Let's get yeah. this done. You know, yeah. it's all about networking. Of course. And, uh and you know that's kind of where it was, but I, I I did forget one thing. So Artery Global, yes. When Artery was did the record label and had the management company, a lot of people were getting confused on yes. what was what, as, as was and I. that was a huge <laughs> thing. And at our Christmas party we had one year, I was uh, my friend Thomas Scutches was working management with us as well at Artery, and you know me and him we lived together, and we were just like, dude, this all has to just be one thing. You know, it's getting confusing. It's even confusing for us. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was like, why don't we just like come up with like a landing page? And then once you go to that landing page, it could go to the different sections of the company. Um, you know, and even those will have different names, but maybe we could just kind of brand us as Artery Global. And we have all these different things under Artery Global, which, you know, makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like global is kind of like a big name for multiple things, but, uh, you know, we made the site and then ultimately about a year after I'd came up with a name and I bought the domain and I did all that stuff, um, it became a booking agency. Um, Eric had partnered up with this guy, uh, Trevor and then Trevor really just, you know, he did a great job with yeah. it. You know, he, he's got a lot of young agents and he definitely went worldwide with it. He's got some people over in the UK as well. It's a tough job. Being a dude, agent. booking's a tough job, man. I mean, dude, anything in this industry is a tough job, especially when you go, you know, management, label, booking, like everybody, a lot of people are just out for themselves, which, I mean, they kind of have to be to be the best at what they're doing. But, dude, it's such a cutthroat game, man. And you never know who's talking about who or who is, who's loyal to who. And luckily I've been able to find those type of people that are loyal, you know, like, yeah. you know, um, so to go back away from that art of global stuff, you know, I was doing my management company, doing all these other things, you know, and, uh, you know, living up here, you know, Craig was just like, Hey, you know, you're good at what you do. Craig you know? would rise. Yeah, yeah. Craig, Craig Erickson. He's just like, dude, you, you good at what you do, man. He's like, you know, so what do you, you do? You ready to have a home with, uh, with rise? And I was like, yes, let's What's do What's your this. actual position there? Um, on paper, it's listed as A&R manager. Um, but I mean, a, a, Alan, Alan said something about like merchandise or I do merchandising too. Yeah. Um, I'm my, sure you wear a bunch of hats like everyone else there yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with the way things are in the music industry nowadays, you have to do multiple jobs. That's right. That's right. Uh, you it's can't, not the old days. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, record sales are different now. Yeah. Um, you know, how people make money are different now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Band you kind of have to be like an all around, but yeah. I was, I was hired on, um, you know, they needed a new merchandise person there to make sure all the web stores and the pre-orders and all that were, were good and the flow of that's well. So I do that. And then. Did you have experience doing that 
because of management days yeah Yeah. i mean i've done every aspect so it was like one of those things where like you know craig's just he saw me as like hey you're that all-around employee that you know i I do need someone to take care of this but we also need someone to a and r great Uh, we need someone to kind of like mentor other things and do other things and just kind of come up with you know some different ideas you know but so he brought me into the fold um you know rise is a really cool smooth sailing ship you know there's you know Seems like it. Yeah, man, it's awesome, you know. And, like, what was really cool when I started working there is, um, you know, unlike Artery where I, until, like, towards the end of me working there, you know, I pretty much had to do everything myself, Um, you know. And then we finally started handling some outside graphics and some outside digital media people. Uh, But until that point, I was literally doing everything, layouts, ads, literally everything you think of, metadata, everything I was doing myself. So I had all this knowledge and then when I get to rise, you know, it's like, it was so nice that, you know, everybody there was like on top of their game on what they were in charge of doing. Mm. And it let me do what I'm good at, which is like creativity and making situations for bands that push them to the next level and, you know, sell more records and do this, this and that. So, you know, Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, like right away, you know, they started trusting me with some of their um, artists that, you know, at first I was like, ah, they'll probably just make me find all new bands that are would be under my roster or whatnot, you know, but like, you know, I got to take over the latest uh, Acacia Strain release. Nice. And, and I worked, that helped work with that record. I mean, everything at Rise is like a group thing, though, that, yep. which is cool. Like, I've never been in a setting where you could be in an office with nine or 10 people and everybody's bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, everybody has a piece to do, you know, the, uh, you know, the structure of the people that are the, the management there are, you know, everything's on the ball. Everything's awesome. You know, there's lots of different, you know, ideas and influences and everybody's from different backgrounds. Right. And, uh, do the team strong it's it's really cool. how many employees are there now if you can remember is it, top of your head? Let me, i'm gonna have to do some head under 20 head oh yeah it's under 20 i mean but it's part of the bmg system as well so i mean we do have some other help but so we have somebody in the uk uh mm, that's right claire yeah, and she kind of looks like at over all of the the stuff over in europe and the uk and right she's got a, a huge long history in music and she does great um and then we have how many of those are in the office? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine people in the office now. Wow. Um, and, and like you said, they're all wearing a lot of hats and doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, you have to. Like, you yeah. can't just do one thing in the music industry anymore. Um, yeah, you're telling me. You know, it's kind of like the Wild West right now. Yeah. Um, everybody's trying to figure <clears throat> out how to make money in the music industry. Because, you know, I mean, like with anything in life, you you get so used to a traditional method or a certain repetition of a method to make money that once things change, it's like, you know, a panic could happen. And one thing that we've been really good at is, you know, shifting to the times and making sure that, you know, that's one thing I I have noticed from an objective outside opinion, like rise has done a really good job at that. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep it up to date with what's going on. Yeah, you have to. And I mean, everything, you know, is going pretty much. it's It's why they're still around. Yeah, no, exactly. And not all the labels from back in the day are. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even though we feel like, you know, we're with the current trend uh, and we're, we're doing good, we're still, you know, right now, actively, you know, the the leadership in place is finding what's next, you know, yeah. and they're bringing in people that'll help 
make sure that we're ahead of the curve. And that's what's awesome. And that's what feels good about working there. You know, it's like, you know, in the next coming weeks, you know, I've been hearing some ramblings of some, you know, things with other labels that are going to be happening, some things going away, some distribution companies merging. And Mm -hmm. like, there's, you know, there's going to be another huge shakeup in the music world. And, uh, you know, people are going to be scared. It's just, you know, streaming's what's taking over and you know physical media is going away you know mom and pop stores closing down but at the same time there's still ways to make just as much money you just have to change how you perceive it you know and um you you know you see all these news sites showing oh you know the band's lowest first week to dates you know they only sold 10 to fifteen thousand records first week when they're used to selling 60 70 thousand but it's just like yeah they always leave out the millions of streams they did first week which you know it accounts to almost the same amount of money if actually you know sometimes maybe more i mean as you think about it with streaming you don't have to pay for physical product to get produced you don't have even though spotify and you don't have a fraction of the because the it appears that way though that's here's the tricky part with that so you got to think about it. So with putting out a CD, yeah. if you put out the physical CDs, you got the You're production. You're putting out a product at that point. Yeah. Right. You have the production of the CD, yeah. which costs money to do. Then you have to, ha- you have to pay for the people that are paying to put that together. Mm-hmm. So there's a salary right there. <laughs> then you have to pay for the shipping right. distribution of that. Of it. The distribution yep. of that. Then the extra fees for that. And And then you have to worry about the 20 to 25% reserve you have to hold in case there's returns or breaking during shipment, which happens all the time. So you always have to usually produce more than you even think you're going to sell because you could have a thousand CDs smashed and you can't even sell them because they're not sellable quality. So it's just like there's all that extra money that like, you know, as a music buyer you're not thinking of or a band you're not really thinking of. You know, it's like I remember when I was touring, I wasn't thinking about, you know, shipping right. um, for to distributors <laughs> or make the CD all of the people the that have That's to yeah. be hired to sure. do that you know the warehouse people the warehouse. they yep. have to pull the cds and then right. ship it out and all that extra money there's there's so much extra money going into those sales to you take know. it to store yeah if they buy from a store yeah so it's just day. like you know, and that's one of the reasons why bands' royalties are so low. Because I mean, like, yeah, you, you go buy a CD for ten bucks, but then you got to think about all the things that go into it: twenty percent distribution fee, ten percent distribution fee, like depending on who it is. Right. Um. You know, twenty percent reserves, twenty five sometimes. Like, there's just so much that gets taken from it. It's like it kind of sucks. And but then, so if you think you go, streaming is about even? I mean, I'd have to sit there and really, really look at it but, but the other the other thing that you're probably saying is that people stream so much more than exactly they, so it might and and, and a band will become <laughs> especially that type it's of so band. much easier to find a band with streaming right you know because you know you go pay ten dollars for the monthly service or whatever it is right now mm-hmm. and you'll take a risk on new bands because it's not going to cost you anything extra like i remember when i first started going to shows when i was like 14 years old i was buying records based off of bands i knew yep who they thanked so right you know right. i had i had all the early yeah. orange county bands so it was Especially like you the know hardcore scene yeah like you know I, I had bands like adamantium Throwdown, 18 visions you know bleeding through those were all the, the first bands that were coming out of orange county that were like doing the stuff i was into yeah and you know they were friends with whatever bands you know from out of town the chain through. reaction oh, man, yeah man, you know man. even before it was called chain reaction you know we were doing oh, stuff that's right. it used to be a different public like storage is, is what it was called before i feel like this is the same mentality with the when you put on records for fans of 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah, had yeah. to look yeah. at the People thank yous. Like we'd right. have to yeah. buy a, a record, then look at the thank yous, and you know we would have to hope like okay, throw down like Vision of Disorder, Madball, this band and this band and their thank yous. That's the CD I'll buy next week. Sure. Or the week after that, when I get enough money to go, sure. To like the, the and you would get it. Yeah, you'd go spend ten to fifteen bucks on a CD. Oh, gotcha. Hoping it was a band you liked, right? But now you can have just ten dollars a month and listen to any band. Now it's an algorithm. It's yeah, like, if you and, like this band, you and, really like this. Band. And I think that you know, I mean, because I, th- I think they say the number is like fifteen hundred streams equals the equivalent to one album sale now. And let me ask you something: Are are you nostalgic in any way? I mean, do you miss the old days? Oh, dude, I listen to it all the time on Spotify. And here's, here's I do my too. thing. I so, do too. All day. So every day. Go ahead, and then I have a story kind of nostalgia effect story too. But go ahead and say what you're going to say. No, no. I was. I mean, because because I'm like you. I I want to stay up to date and I want to stay modern. And I am that. Like I do use Spotify. I do use all these streaming services. I'm I'm that guy. I don't remember the last time I bought a fucking CD. Like I actually don't remember. But I do miss the old days of me and Andrew and the boys rummaging through Hillsborough record shops. Yeah, and like, midnight releases. Remember yeah, that? dude, and like waiting in line for the shit. new Tool CD. Yeah, and it, like, it, it was, was a fun. Whole experience. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. That was like our hangouts. And remember like what you people drove to did. the guy and you ask him to take out the case so you could listen to it in the headphones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put on the desk, the disc man, or even a vinyl. Like I don't know. There's something I love that culture, the record store culture. Yeah, it was. Dude, it, it. it was fun, and we definitely it miss dope. it. I mean, that'll never happen again. Fuck no. But. uh you know, so, it's all online. It, dude, it is all online. But here, here's the thing about nostalgia that I was going to bring up. Yeah, okay. I do not have a single CD that I bought in middle school or high school anymore. Because they've either lost and moving, yeah. uh, scratched, scratched to hell. I have some, but uh, I don't ever broken, look at them. Broken, yeah. lost. Of course. And I have times where that's all I want to listen to is all the stuff I had back then. But now I can make a playlist of all my favorite oh, bands yeah, back then right. online. And those bands and are probably like, those bands are probably making more in royalties now than when they were like grinding it in my high school it depends. days. It depends. I no, mean, like, dude, I was the t- big bands though, the big nineties bands, they no, were like, making hand over fist kind of money. Uh, yes. Yes and no, they Tool, were. But Rage, I'm just talking, like, Soundgarden, like the yeah, big well, those bands, band. yeah, because they were selling so many records because they had to buy records. But I'm just saying, you know, more along the like the like metalcore and those yeah. type of bands. It's like you know, even the bands that aren't around anymore. You know, let's even just take like early hardcore bands. You know, they never really sold many records back That's in true. the day. But like, and I heard. Uh, do you know the band Snapcase? Yeah, I mean, Jace loves huge Snapcase. Snapcase. Me and Angela, dude, I, I like guarantee a, you anything. One of the best shows they've ever seen was Snapcase Quicksand Deftones. <sighs> That's like the legend show. So, so yeah. Snapcase is actually a perfect example of what I was about to say. Because they didn't so, shit back in the day. They didn't sell shit back in the day. That's one of the reasons why the touring. band's still not around. Yep. And I guarantee you, now that you know. There's cool fests like this is hardcore and stuff like that, and people are interested in like where you know hardcore and stuff came from. Do people are streaming those records like crazy? No, because you can't go buy the CD anymore. Caboose, and uh, so all those first record. I guarantee you, all those bands are making more in streaming revenue now than they ever did. I think they are because and the royalties. I mean, because I've 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 been talking to the record labels from those older labels. They're like, damn, dude, it's kind of wild. Um, I I don't remember what they did a victory release. I don't know what other ones they used. Well, or that w- first they one, did. Drew, yeah, progression through unlearning. Yeah, so that's um, ninety seven. Click on that. I want to see what label that was. I feel like I don't remember what label that was. It was victory. Um, it was victory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's right. Way back in the day, you know, and and a lot of those bands of that era, you know, those those labels, like if they just shut down right now, they could totally just live off 
the streaming of those bands now and not even have to put out anything new and they could live comfortably for the rest of their lives. It's just really weird. As long as they have some of that publishing. Well, it just depends on how their deals are set up. I mean, deals back then, you were lucky to get a 9% royalty, royalty rate. So is all the Spotify plays that, because that's not licensing. No, it's it's just like there's just different modes of distribution now. Um, yeah, I mean, so you that know, all is the, the all the all the current record right? deals are you know make yeah. sure that there's like the different royalty percentages for each different type of media outlet. Um, uh, I know when yeah. I had signed my first contract in two thousand and one, um, digital wasn't really a big thing at I all, like at all. Right. So like. Our actual our digital royalty percentage was a fifty fifty deal, although our our regular CD royalty rate was like eleven percent, I want to say, or ten percent. Yeah. Um. So like that's, that's why I'm saying like now you know those bands are actually making money because they get half of those streaming dollars and that's great. Uh, I think that the big thing that people and bands and musicians and industry people need to get out of the habit of is uh, how they perceive numbers. Um, what do you mean? You know we see this huge number of streams, like 15, 20 million streams. And then, you know, it brings in X amount of dollars and we're just like, what, you're going to stream it that many times, but only make this amount of money. But at the same time, we're just looking at it weird. We're seeing this big number and we're just so used to dealing with things in dollars or, you know, you with smaller numbers. You yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just... uh it's that just, your record just need... got played 15 million times. Yeah, but I mean, that's now it's still... Now exposure and... You know, that's still... What, what would that be? 15 million... You know, that's probably 75... Thousand and Drew, look that up. Money. So it's all it's all relative, like, I guess. What, is what yeah, you know, it's about fans make off Spotify or no. I mean, word. it's it's all different though. Every every distribution company is different. Everything, but different. I mean, on average, I think people make about five or six thousand dollars per million plays, is what it is. Um, so Which I is mean, not a lot. You know, it's not a lot. But I mean, those bands that are selling are doing that many streams, aren't you know? But if they're streaming if it that was much, gone, there's going to you know, be that more. They might more not have even been shows, known. You know, I you think know? that you know someone needs needs to make an accurate chart that shows the differences between, you know, the numbers. You know, uh, you know, going outside of the music industry, into something totally different that I'm into is like cryptocurrency. Like everything's not based around the U.S. dollar; it's all based around Bitcoin. So you have to start thinking about percentages under a dollar. You know, like someone's like, oh, you know only got paid 0.1 BTC for this. Mm. And it's like, wow, when we think of like 10% or 10, 10 cents, you know, at that point, we think it's like a shot number because we're used to dealing in dollars. Yeah. But 0.1 BTC is like, you know, it's ridiculous. 1,500 bucks. Yeah. It's all relative. So, yeah, it's just you got to, you know, figure out. Okay, well, so what I meant by relative. We just got to learn how to like perceive it. And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, in the end, you have more people that'll go to your shows yep. and um, and whatnot, you know. And then SoundCloud, you know, that the whole SoundCloud rapper things blowing up huge, and all those guys are just you know found a new way to be found, you know. Uh, in in my early well, area, it was MySpace. Well, now that's what I was going to say is <laughs> like you know one of the guys that I, I really like to follow online is Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know how that is Mike? Mm-mm. He's like a social media guru guy. He runs a, a business and he's he's really out on YouTube and Instagram and kind of 
giving back to his audience. Anyway, a lot of the stuff he does, like, you know, his advice or he does a lot of like spoken speech kind of things. Um, a lot of it's free. And he always talks about how like, well, the return on investment, the ROI on him doing that, it's not transactional. He's yeah. not in this to like this podcast. I'm not doing this so that me and you get something out of it right now. We're building a relationship. So hopefully later something happens. And like with the streaming service, sure. it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're, if you're in a band that's streaming a shitload of times on Spotify or whatever it might be, well, that might manifest into more people at the show. That might manifest oh, exactly. into people buying more merch. Because what's cool about and it... That's how you... Ca- is that's it, your return on investment. What's cool about it is it all being digital. It, uh, you, you, if you hire or have somebody that could do all the research on the analytics, um, you know, it helps out even more. Like, you know, whenever I go to book a tour... Or put together tours or find bands that I want on with my other bands. You know, you go and see how many That's unique right. monthly listeners they totally. have on Spotify. I don't look at CD sales anymore. Why would, yeah. That number just doesn't mean anything to me. I'll look at streams. Uh, I'll go, you know. They use, can you break it down to like streams from what? Yeah, what, I mean, because like, dude, there's what part of the country? You know, there's you sites like the Music Connect that is, you know, part of SoundScan and, uh, you know, Next Big Sound and all those those sites that you could compare bands and you could see the regions where they're streaming at. You could see, you know, the regions where they're selling at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then at the same time, there's sites like Polestar where you could see a band's touring numbers and you know, how many they do in the cities. I mean, you have to pay for those services to get it, but as an industry person, you know, you get access to that, and it means a lot. You know, you could really see where it is. You know, anytime we go to Europe anymore, it's all streaming, you know, because it's like they don't have a proper... They do have a sound scanning system over there, but it's not as good as it is here. So a lot of it's just all streaming. Hey, what are your stats over here on Spotify, yeah. on Apple Music, on... And they have a few other different systems over there that they use for streaming that are popular over there that might not be here. Sure. Um, it's literally all streaming now. And it's like, right. you know, it really is. I, bands don't even sell CDs at shows anymore. Have you noticed that? I know a lot. Well, I mean, dude, here's a some good ex- local bands. Well, here's, but like here's big a good, bands. Yeah. yeah I have a question for them. I just saw Queen of Stone Age and Eagles of Death Metal at the arena. They didn't sell a CD. Not a one. It was all shirts and a hundred dollar jackets and fifty dollar like, hoodies and here's, people were in line just ching cha ching cha ching. Here, here's a good example for the traditional CD sale. If this number is off at all, I'm sorry uh, to our last night for bringing this number up. But th- so they did main stage warped. Our last night okay. did one of the last years they did it. Um, I want to say their new record it came out, but it, as far as sales, I think it only did around fifteen hundred first week. Okay, which classically is, isn't that good. Yeah. But here's the thing that's fucking crazy about it. That band could go anywhere and sell out any venue almost now. I mean, not like any like two, three thousand cap room. No, I got But I mean, dude, that band could fill anywhere from 500 to 1200 cap rooms very easy headlining on their own. And it's just like, how do you only sell 1500 records? But, you know, I know. Pack out something, dude. And their tours are selling out before they even start on the road. You know, the streaming. Um, the streaming's crazy, and their See, YouTube streams that's are what, insane. That's the other thing. YouTube, YouTube is the huge. Look at these bands like market. Issues and and you know Dance Gavin Ants. All those bands, they just fucking murder yeah. on YouTube. It's like, dude, those videos and like they've that's how they, they gotta, branded themselves very very well. You got that, right, um, man. You know, actually, yeah, like I, I managed that band for a very long time, and Who? our last night, yeah. um, I had them for a very long time when you know in the Epitaph days when they were on that record label. 
And dude, we had them on every big tour you could think, but for some reason we couldn't get them past that ten thousand record mark at the time. And that was before streaming really popped up, uh, but YouTube was yeah, starting was to time. take off right around then. And then, right, so they kind of like took some time off. They didn't break up, you know. It was just at the point where I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do with you guys, you know. Like we've done everything, you know. Well, they, and they then did the we covers, just right? we mutually parted ways, and then they sat down and were like, okay, what are we gonna do to keep our band going, and what are we gonna do? And that's when they started doing all those covers. Oh wow! And then they brand, started branding their YouTube. Um, I remember they had, that's they had when all they blew moved. Up on, yeah, on they all there. moved to California. Had this house, and you know they were self-producing all their own videos, all their own music, releasing all themselves, and they just blew up on YouTube. Well, I, I remember during that time too. I, I could just be living in a cave, but there was not a lot of people doing anything like that. at that time. There wasn't. I mean, yeah. there was bands doing covers, but then they not doing, doing it the to full, the extent they yeah. were, and then doing full video with it, making it really professional. And you know, those, those two brothers are amazing musicians, right. and you know, they really like that band. Did something completely on their own, and ended up just taking taking off with it and then you know now geez, they're killing it they go to europe sell out everywhere they go to russia sell out everywhere they go and um you know it shows that you know you definitely have to switch with the times or you're gonna die out you know and at that time dude where we were at literally like the band had done every possible huge tour with a huge band at the time that it could and it was just like it's a, that's what a are tough we place to be in too. and it's just like you know it was definitely at the point where it's like okay do we just break up or yeah. do we keep going that's kind of why i was like you know Try hey you know we we tried everything you know i don't know what else to do for you you know let's part ways and you know and me at the point i'm not even gonna lie i was just like okay i think this band's done you know i can't do anymore and at that time you know i was like okay i don't know what else to do you know i wasn't at that point thinking okay is youtube gonna be the next platform for popping bands yeah and uh myspace was still around <laughs> myspace wasn't it yeah it was like stillish, the big thing, but then right. you know people started cheating plays and like you know buying the bots Indeed. to make it look like they had a lot of plays. Oh, I remember that. And then so you at, then anymore you couldn't tell who was real and who was not. Right. Yeah, that happened real quick. Yeah, and so you know that went away, and then uh, MySpace. God, they what a missed opportunity. They could have been so. If big. they would have never did those changes and changed the layout and then i and believe they focus more on music like for, from what i remember like didn't they, they had do like something a, like where they, had a were they like they point. took down their site for a minute and then facebook came along and, and like somebody had spread a rumor that when myspace comes back online they're going to charge everybody yeah i do remember that and then people were like nope and then everybody freaked out and then signed See up for you. facebook cuz they're like we're not going to stay on myspace right and then that's when that whole transition happened. It happened, happened. like overnight. Yeah, it did. Because <laughs> I remember like, when it know. shut down and then instantly all the rumors were like, oh, MySpace is going to come back and start yeah. charging everybody to have their profiles, yada, yada, yada. So everyone's like, okay, what can we move to? And Facebook just They're swooped like, in and later, you know? <laughs> I remember like when I had switched my profile and all, I was like, oh, crazy, you know? And then yeah. you know, it just then once all the cheating on the MySpace plays came, it kind of like sealed the fate, you know? Yeah. I really loved it too because you Me could too. like skin your MySpace page yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. you know, have all the artwork yeah. and stuff with it. And it was like... I always said it was the band website I always wanted. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, you know, players, people stopped doing... Dates, the bands pictures. at that point weren't doing the dot-coms anymore or if no. they did have the dot-com, they, they would just MySpace. have it forwarded to MySpace. Exactly. People um, were buying top eight positions. Yeah, so yep. I mean, <laughs> even though you can't really like do crazy designs with the YouTube, the YouTube is actually like doing really really well now youtube is as a discovery ch- i dig part. instagram a lot and music. you know you can monetize your youtube so Fuck it's like yeah. you know you couldn't monetize myspace at the time to my knowledge well, i have a question for you I, I think i know the answer to this just from how we've been talking the dynamic of our conversation but 
are you pretty optimistic about the music industry moving forward? Oh yeah, no, I totally am. It's just you, you have seem to optimistic. you have to just be ahead of the curve or when the changes are happening, you have to change with it. And yeah. I think once you grasp what you have to do to still make money and still be successful in the music industry, that fear of, oh God, is this all dying out goes away. Right. Like cool, you know, every every FYE and Best Buy and all those stores, you know, ultimately if they shut down, you know, a lot of people start freaking out. Oh my God, where do we go? Once Tower closed down, freaked out. It's you not know. technically going to do anything. But it's just like, a lot of people got scared and you know how rumors spread and so you know they just didn't know how to deal with it but if you just like instead of like freaking out just sit back and be like okay what do we have to do yeah. what do we change you know um, how do we make sure that you know the record label still has a place in this world um, how do bands that want to do it self-released and go a DIY route so what is your then what you know what is your impression of the the point of a record label like what's if someone were to ask you why should a band sign to a label here's here's the thing you know i'm not gonna just like try to just be pro 100 record labels even though i work for one and i love working for one and i think that you need certain record labels certain record labels i think are a waste of time sure um you know and it is very re- easy to release your own stuff now as long as you have a team in place that actually knows how to help you do it self-release. So it's the team. Oh God. Yeah, so... Because la- a label is a, a bank and a team, right? Is that kind of a, a, a watered-down version depend- of... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a funder. It's a bank loan, basically. But when you have a record label that also has a team of really creative people, right. that's where you know going ahead and you know signing a record deal... So why not just a get percentage. a bank loan and get a manager? Because the manager can't do all the aspects of the record label. Like, right. dude, there is so much more involved. Like, especially like when I'm a, obviously asking when, when a band starts touring, you know, do you really think that you're going to be able to handle all the stuff that you that you would need to properly do your band? No, it, well, it doesn't work. Know. A lot of people don't um, even know what properly means. You know, that's there, right. There's a way. To, yeah, there is especially a way playing to, big shows. Like, there's a way to self-release that or even half big shows. You can do it and be successful, and but you know, you still need to hire a publicist hire art people to make sure that you're branded properly. Um, There's so many aspects of it that it's like, okay, you're spending all this money to do that. And depending on the size of your band, it's either worth it or not worth it. Well, the other thing people forget is like, you're a, you got into this to play music. You didn't get in this to, to be a booking agent and a publicist and an accountant and a manager and and the merchandise guy. And like, some people can wear a lot of hats and they're good at that. Yeah. Right? And it, it sounds like you were in the band. You were the kind of yeah, guy. You know, and, and I could do it rare. and I know how to do self-releases. I know how to do every type of thing. But it's, just it's just like managing There's producers. not a lot like, of that anymore. You guys the, need to focus on being producers. There's, not, there's like, just not a lot of people that could do that though. So like, right. like, so for instance, you know, for Rise Records, it is a very great home. And if, you know, a larger band was like, hey, I could self-release and try to make more money on my own or have you know a record label like rise records do it i mean i would pick rise records because it's like the Mm. the team is very strong they're constantly helping even aspects that aren't on our end you know super helping every different types of you know tours you know branding marketing publicity radio pretty good track record too. and it's like that's what will make your band pop and that's what will get you to the next label (laughs) 
and have a career and really do something, you know. Um, Now, if you were a young, what what would, because I know you got to get going here, what would be something that you would give to a a band, not just starting out, because they still got to go pay their dues and hit the road and, you know, find those tour scars. But let's say they're getting ready to take this to that next step, that serious step. Yeah. What What's something that you guys are looking for in a band? Or like, what does a band need to get, you know, what point do they need to get to to be even ready to be considered? What's the first step, I yeah, guess? Yeah, or like, how, how do you get to the point where you even label worthy you know label like, worthy and management worthy and booking agent worthy all the way around like, right we want to see that a band is willing to go out there and put in the dues and try to do some of it themselves first like there's nothing more that like a band could you know the best thing that they could do is prove that they really want it and, uh, you know, like I know when I first started, you know, I was even just trying to do whatever I could just network with other bands and go play their hometowns on the weekends, right. you know, self book some tours, go out there and show that you're actually willing to work and you're not just sitting back waiting for some record label or somebody to come along and hand everything to you. And then you're not going to break up tomorrow. that is another thing with the re- evolving music industry is you can't just go to a label or somebody and expect them to blow you up and put you on the radio and put you on TRL like back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where you instantly are like, have this mass appeal. That's right. not, that's that's not real anymore, you know, few and far between. It has to be a huge group effort and you have to, you know, you're not going to just get there's, well, because there's (laughs) so many bands all fighting for the same tours and for the same thing. And it's like, you know, you have to show that you're willing to step above and beyond that and outside of that, because, you know, there's only so many bigger bands right now that are going to take out so many bands under them. And, (laughs) you know, let's say there's like 10 headliner bands in this genre Right. Then there's a million, <laughs> five hundred to a thousand bands that are actively touring that want to tour with those ten bands. It's like a big game of chicken. So you got to figure out how you're going to stand out and prove that you're a better oil machine, a better marketing tool, a better push, a better look uh, for their tour to make their tour profitable. You know, that's all like you know. It's and I'm kind assuming of, a number for somebody in your position to figure out that puzzle would be streaming. That'd that be is one the thing. big one. That's the big one now. Did I look at streaming more than regular sales? You know, I'll instantly... Prior to being signed? I'll instantly... Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, even then, too, because yeah. they, yeah. they're able to go through Bandcamp and TuneCore their releases. And, uh, you know, you go through, like, that site next Big Sound, and it'll track all their social networks. And then, you know, you could kind of put them up against other things and see if people actually care and are listening. Right. And because, you know... Those analytics are there. You could see, like, oh yeah, these dudes aren't even signed yet, and people are caring. Like, what? How are they getting their, you know, the word of it's mouth going? You know, the and then, then you see where it's at because they're already putting in the word, and people care. Right. You know, see, uh, you know, like when my band was signed, you know, we really didn't have digital music out there yet. Like, you know, I think there was like the MP3.com. You get some stuff yeah. on, you know, and it's just like, you know, when, when we got signed, dude, they had no clue how we would do on the East coast or in other territories. It could have just been one of those flukes where yeah. we did really good in California and would pack out all the rooms, but it's like, okay, was it just cause we had tons of friends there? Right. You know, like, so it's like, you know, it, it was a huge risk and now we could check on all that, you know, so finding ways to, you know, brand all your socials and just get your knowledge out there on your own is a big thing. Um, so maybe instead of paying for physical copies, hire a publicist or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Dude, a good publicist is like 
better than a lot of things you could hire for your band or do for your band. Um, you know, package branding or just like branding as a whole, you know, the right logos, the right merchandise. Would that right... would for a, for a young band trying to climb that ladder, do you would you suggest a publicist as a first step? They're willing to work hard. Touring kind of first. Touring first. And, you know, getting merchandise and their name out there first and make sure their socials are all branded properly. And then once they start touring some more, get a publicist to help schedule them interviews and stuff for mm-hmm. those tours. Like there's lots of, you know, young zines and, you know, young sure. photographers and young people that want to do show reviews and, you know, up and coming interviewers. YouTubers and, and shit. You have to do all those because yeah. you never know. Like that person that's in Kentucky that wants to do this quick radio interview with you on their handheld thing could be the next person that's like head of media at Revolver or head of media AP. Yeah, you never know. And that's actually, do those kind of things have happened to me toward now? Like, do some of the people that were like that person that I just gave that little bit of extra attention to when I was, you know, 20 years old playing in a band? They're higher up in these magazines now. So when I need something, it's like, yo, how are you doing? Yo, can you slip this in for me? And like that's why it's like, you know, important for, you know, especially for a starting off band, make sure you represent yourself the best right away. You know, right. yeah, touring's fun. You go out there, you get in a lot of trouble, do a lot of stupid stuff. It's fun. You have a lot of crazy memories. Good, yeah. But you need to also you need to really have that professional attitude because totally. anything you say and do will come out and especially nowadays with all the social media. And look media. at your story. Like it, look at your path through all this industry. Yeah. The people people in bands forget that they might not be in that band five, ten years from now. Mm-hmm. They might be in a different corner of the industry. So like that reputation will follow you. Yeah. No, it definitely so does. treat people and, well, be pro. And and, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I've been able to come as far as I have. I've, I've kept a very good you know, reputation for myself the whole time, you know, I've I've always helped out as much as I could, Totally. um, you know, gone above and beyond for everybody. And that's why I'm in such a good spot. And, you know, I have these people that I work with that are awesome. You know, I I care about it all, you know, and, you know, the future of, you know, of rise, especially with me, you know, it's, it's really good. This year is going to be huge. We have so many announcements coming that are going to be so awesome. And I'm really excited about this year. You know, it's, to have you come back and talk more about it. Dude, awesome. it, yeah, at the end of the year, you know, kind of have an overview. There's a lot of good stuff that's going to be happening this year, and I'm really excited. Oh, hell yeah. And it's cool to be part Can't of wait. the team, you know. It's like, uh, it's fun, you know. Plus, we're, you know, still finding new ways to get our things out there. And yeah. how do we put this music in the hands of these people, you know, and... uh we have some ways that we're going to be doing it that I can't really say because I don't want the other labels to steal it right now. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of really cool ideas going on right now, and we're going to be acting out on them a lot this year. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited about the whole team, dude. Everybody in our team really pulls their weight. And, uh, you know, it's definitely my passion now is the record label side of everything. That's awesome. Well, before we cut you loose and let you get back to your family, and thanks again for being on. Uh, anytime. We do a little section where we do rapid fire questions, right, boys? I believe it's so. just another reason to ask you more questions. That's we just fine. condensed them. Into... <laughs> we and uh, a little preface here, like we do with all the guests. We title this "Rapid Fire Questions," Mike. It's never rapid. That's fine. Don't feel like you have to be quick. Sean and Nick were pretty good at it. They were they were better. Sean and Nick from Revival Records, you know, <laughs> yeah. they were pretty good. But uh, it was still, you know, we I always make it fucking long winded. I haven't it's seen Sean in a while. I miss that guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, they, it was the last they time they came to Portland. I think that's where I officially met you. For yeah, the first yeah, time. yeah. We're gonna have him come back on. And do it right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Poor guy's got stuck in a storm. 
They had to call each from each other's house. They did like a conference call, and their kids are in the background. (laughs) They're like shushing their kids away. We're old now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. So, Neil, I need help with three. Okay. So, think of three. Okay. And, Andrew, you can help too. I got to see what you came up with first, though. (laughs) Okay. All right. Are we ready here? I'm never ready. Rapid fire questions with Mike Milford. All right, Mike, here we go. Number one, crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Ooh. I like crunchy. Good man. I'm going to clap for that one. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I would pick, too. All right. Number two. See, this is rapid. This is good. That one was. That one was. All right, number two. (laughs) I was tasting it in my mouth as you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Apparently, these are all food related. I had something on my mind today. Number two, do you like spicy food? I do. Me too. I had very spicy food today. I haven't had any spicy food in a little bit, though. What's What's one of your favorite kind of spicy food? The, like <sighs> pad thai spicy? I like the spicy peanut sauce that they have at Fire on the Mountain a lot. Motherfucker. That's so um, I, I was obsessed with that stuff for a while. Um, so was Stefan. Well, he was obsessed with Fire And then the uh, there's this place in the UK called Nando's. Where it's about like this like chicken place like all over the UK. It's like a chain type thing. It's like a oh, okay. I've been chicken. I want to say it's like Peruvian food, but like Ooh. it's 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 really good chain over there. Nice. Um, I love ha- the curry. Chicken they sell there. their hot sauces here though, Ooh. and uh, some of the stores have it. And if you can find that, tell me. Yeah, it's the best sauce. I'll send you pictures. It's really Fuck good. Yeah. But yeah, no, like so. Uh, yeah, I fell in love with their sauces because like they have this plate over there where you get the wing roulette, uh, roulette wing roulette yeah. where. They put like ten wings on your plate, but they don't tell you which ones are which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some extremely hot, some regular. That's hilarious. And the last time I went though, it kind of sucked because the very first one I got was like the super, super hot no. one, <laughs> and it kind of ruined the rest of the oh, meal yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. But yeah, they're 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 like medium, and their hot sauce is really good. Okay. All right, number three, favorite sport. If you had to pick. I really don't. I mean, I I used to always play soccer. That was like what I used yes. to like as a kid. Yes. Um, I played in the Olympics. I usually don't watch too much anymore. I mean, I played soccer for a lot, like a lot of years growing up. Did all the state championships and all that. But yeah, I just I never got too into anything else. And I mean, I don't really watch too much on TV. Like I have fun going to the hockey games here and the basketball. Hockey's games. fun, man. I always feel like I'm like, a hockey fan waiting to happen. Yeah, watching it's never... fun. I mean, and I like watching like. When Blazers. teams are in like the playoffs and yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. finals, like I don't go and like, oh, this is my favorite team ever type right. thing. It's like I'll watch it, not even pick a side, but just enjoy that the players beer, having fun. The, the players are playing as hard as they can because yeah, like yeah. it's the end, you know. Right. They might fuck off for the rest of the season, but yeah. So if you had to pick soccer, soccer, I'd okay. say soccer. Not a not a college football fan. No, never That's been right. too into it. I mean, I could even neither. Mean, yeah, just yeah. I'll watch it. Because that seems to be the appeal, at least for me and a lot of people I know, is that because they seem to try harder. Right. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. they do have they have something to prove. You and know, they only and got they twelve agreed. games to do it in. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, you know, my friend Max was living with me a for a while, and every Saturday morning he was just like all oh, college football, college football. He'd have his little Georgia stuff out, right? Yeah, I know all a few that. dudes like that. And, They're just uh, crazy. Like I was, I liked watching it with him because he would get really excited and he knew all the players or stories, right. this, this, <laughs> and that. So like that was fun and just like yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Gotcha. Sports dude anymore. All right. Number four. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Like for vacation, we'll say. I don't know, man. Dude, I've traveled so much. It's like the only really place I still want to go to is like Bora Bora. Oh, um, wow. 
and just like shut down and actually have some quiet for like, once. Like, umbrella in the I drink, don't shut down. Yeah, yeah usually yeah. my phone never leaves my hand. I'm always just like go go go. Yeah, that um, you know, all this this last winter, like right around Christmas, I did have a real break where not a lot was going on. Right, and just like everybody was like, "Hey, everybody in the industry needs to chill out for a little bit," you know. So I had a couple of days there where I just didn't have to do much. So it was awesome. It. But I'd really love to go to Bora Bora. Um, it's beautiful. That's like kind of just the last spot I really want to go to. I mean, I've been almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to do some of the nerdy, like, sightseeing stuff through, like, Egypt and, like, the different stuff Well, because like touring, like, you don't get to see everything. Yeah, like, know. you know, you see it, but you get to see it for the day, yeah, exactly. you know? So and you have like, a job to do. You always got to tour on the mind. Yeah, so, I mean, you all know, right. Bora Bora first, then I'd, also, I'd, I'd like to go to Egypt and, like, see all the pyramids and stuff like that. Have you ever been to the moon? Love it. I've been to the moon. Yeah. It wasn't that Who cool. Hasn't? Who hasn't? Um, <laughs> it was really windy up there, which was really weird. <laughs> all right, I got to drill through these. I got to piss my brains out. Neil? You okay. want to come with me? We'll, we'll talk. No we'll sword talk. fighting. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. Number five. On a scale from one to ten, how adorable is Neil? What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't, think I don't know if I want to hear his answer. <laughs> Sorry. What, what was the question again? I think he's checking his phone. Yep. Give him a minute. Uh, dude, I got blown up. Tell your, tell your kids I'll be home. Say, listen, kids, I'll be home when I'm ready. Dude, it's so funny when... When Fox wants me home, he's just like, Dad, 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 Dad. Um, sorry. On a scale a bad human from being. one to We're, ten, it never ends. How adorable is Neil? One being mm, ugly, the, the ten odd. being the most adorable <laughs> man you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, at least there's no zero. I'll give him a nine yeah. for right now. All right. And well, if he I was helps you out in the eye. bathroom, I'll give him a ten. I like Perfect. that. Good man. <laughs> my, my, my eyelash batting seemed to work that time. I'll let you know. Uh, we'll answer. send you chronic you know, updates and yes. feedback and let okay. you know. Number six. What's your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Woo! Oh, yes. Good answer. Neil, you got me? Followed by Reese's cereal. I, I, have, I, have, like pure candy. I have a rapid elaboration. Okay. Let's hear it. Tell me about your shoes. I love those shoes. Oh, man. So... You know what? And it, what's funny is I used to always make fun of people for wearing these too, uh, Yeezys, because yeah. I was just like, "That's ridiculous! Why would somebody spend so much money on a shoe?" And because I could buy Nikes and be just as happy for about half the price. But so uh, my friend got me an extremely good, good hookup on some Yeezys, and I was like, "You know, he what? says they're super comfortable. I like them." Ask him about and it. then he went and got some, and he mailed them to me, and I put them on, and I was like. Holy crap! Even though the back of these have this huge weird thing here, and they're that's kinda, why I was intrigued. They're kind of yeah. ugly, but these, are they cold? I don't think they're ugly. That's these the, the thing. Though. These are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn in my life. Wow! And it feels like a socks on your feet. And yeah, they look, are, do they, they look sick? Do I mean, your feet get wet from all the rain out no, here? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, there's a pretty big thick sole there before you even get to the shoe part. Some crazy but like, yeah, just shoes, the back right? of these are like they stick out like an inch and a half or so, way more than. I'm used to on the when back I of when I saw you when you pulled up I thought you were wearing a slipper. That's rad. Yeah, Zebra but no, like, that's rad, dude. Like you make fun of me for my elf shoes all the time, but that might be my next pair of shoes. Okay. They're really comfortable, man. I really like them. Um, I almost got they had like those new like half like what would it be, be like, oh, what kind of gray would that be? I don't know. It's like a like a mid 
gray. Gunmetal like, gray. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, more like gunmetal gray. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had those ones I kind of wanted to get. Like, I couldn't wear like those really bright highlighter ones. Right. Um, I usually just, you know, I'd always just get like the, like all black Nikes in the past, but then I saw these and my buddy said he'd get them. So I tried them and now I just want more. But yeah, I'm going to save my money. Yeah, it's expensive. What else you got, Neil? That was it. Let's get it. Let's let him get out of here and let you pee. Yeah, let's do that. Yellow. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, man. Yellow. Live stream it. Yeah. Yellow. Live <laughs> stream it. Yeah. That's <laughs> <what I'm... laughs> yeah. Because that's what counts is the streaming. Back. Two pay. I get what you get in ten years. In two days. Ladies love me. I'm on my cool J. If you get what I get, what would you say? She wax it all off. Mr. Miyagi. And them suicide doors, Ari Kari. Look at me now, look at me now, oh. I'm getting paper. Look at me now, oh. Look at me now, yeah. Fresh to the motherfucker. Little nigga bigger than gorilla, cause I'm killing every nigga that can try to be on my shit. Better cup your chick if you with it, I can get it. And she accidentally slipping all on my dick. Oops, I said, on oh my dick. I ain't really mean to say on oh my dick. But since we talking about my dick, all of you here to say hi to me. What's up, Andrew? Yo. We back. What's cracking? A little piss break. I smoked a, a poser clove, as I call it. Face. All I know is Mike Milford thinks I'm a cute-ass 10 now. That's right. Yep. I got to give him a report after the pee break. You do. He rated you at your 9 with the stipulation that he'd give you a 10, depending on how the pee break went. I'm here to say that it went well. Successful. I, I've never seen you come that fast. Well, now you have. <laughs> hey, how about that bum outside that was, oh, that was not talking to us, but he thought he was talking to us? Yeah, I was telling Mike, I think he was looking for an investment opportunity, something about Bitcoin. I don't know. Yeah, what the fuck was... I have no idea what he was saying. He, Andrew, he was like really animated with us. Like, <laughs> like we can't hear you. Nothing. Like, got nothing. You just kept... Then he got mad and was like, and turned around. Damn. The power of Christ compels you. Power of meth compels you. Having a state of the union on his own. Was yeah. It, the, was it meth? <laughs> so it was something. Or just that's sad it. life. I don't know. How does that happen? How do you, that's what, I think Stefan and I had that talk one time. How do you burn every single bridge you've ever had to where you have to be homeless? We have to live on Drugs. the street. Yeah. Drugs and alcohol, man. They'll fucking tear you down if you... Yeah. Uh, or mental control stuff, I guess. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, it's, if you uh, fucked over everybody, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, I mean, the, yeah, the type of person that wants to live under a bridge or in a tent on the side of the street, like. Well, a lot of people too have have egos, that? you know, that they they feel they have a complex where they feel like a failure uh, because like they can't you know, ask for help or something. Yeah, and they don't want to ask for help or they're too proud to. That could be yeah. it. So. But I mean, there's people like down in Los Angeles County in Southern California. They. They prefer to be homeless. It's the life they've always wanted. <laughs> like, Did I ever you, tell you, you? You know those people down there. Like, I, they, I get a little jealous when they crack open like a 22 crack in the morning. Crack open a 22, like, oh, 9 God. in the morning. It's oh. 72 out. Motherfucker. The beach Did, uh, is right there. Did, Did I ever tell you about the full sale student <laughs> when I no. was going to school there who did the homeless experiment? Uh-uh. So there was a young lady who was our age at the time. I was like 18, 19. Um, but we... we, we saw this this woman begging on the street with a sign asking for, you know, whatever the sign said, money for whatever reason. Right. And we were like, what the hell? She's our age. She looks, you know, like... It, it, we come to find out a couple of days later she was a full-sale student. College Whoa. I went to. 
And she was doing an experiment to see just how much money these people could make. Yeah, I've heard and she actually that. she was she. What was, was she making? Well, th- all I know is that she had a part time job while going to full sale, and she quit it because she was making enough money begging on the street, panhandling. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep, that is crazy. Andrew, have you you haven't been to Hillsborough in probably a long time, right? Down the Sunset Esplanade. You've been uh, out that I haven't way. been to Sunset Esplanade in a while, but I'm in Hillsborough. Well, that little shopping center that yeah. we fucking grew up in. It's like each entry and exit way is all um, crowded by panhandlers now. Like every <laughs> entryway. No fucking way. Yeah, and it's like that whole mall is like bum central now. They all live in the back of the like behind Target and shit Jesus where we skateboard. Christ, what the fuck? Are happened? any of them attractive? God no. <laughs> okay. Never That's mind. so weird. It is weird. What the fuck happened? I don't know. I've always wondered, like, you know how Portland is like one of the homeless capitals per capita of the yeah, country or some shit? Benefits and shit, right? So is that why? Because I've always I, wondered I, I, why. I no, like dude, the, you've never... I the city's like lenient and then... Well, off. I know that. I know like the cops, Portland police can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, think about it. We live but one, that's sort of a newer rule. We live in one of the most liberal cities in the United States. Right. Imagine how much they get helped out. Right. You know, and, and that and so we have a why. lot of sanctuary... Like sanctuary things going on here and that's i mean be why like we there was that point where we there was it became a law I forget how many years ago now but it became a law to where they had to move out of downtown and there was a huge uproar by the populace mm. because it's not fair right and then they gave them that and they gave them an huge area thing by that my family owns yeah, that, yeah. That oh yeah yeah that shot, well the, that the whole line. so that whole property the city didn't give that to them okay this is my understanding correct me if i'm wrong but so the plot of land that they all ended up living on was owned by my family, like my grandfather's side or something. And do you see any of that they, pretty homeless money? Huh? Do you get any of that money? The homeless money? Any of that sweet Well, sweet no. Like the, so here's what happened. So my my family, the, the, the part of my family that owns property downtown or used to own property downtown sure. has always been in fights with the city because they owned adult bookstores and adult video things. Oh, yeah, you told me and, that. Yeah, and so... And so, like, weird things would happen where, like, the pump on the top of the, the buildings they owned, we owned downtown, would just magically stop working. So, all the rainwater would collect and collapse the roof and a lot of shady shit. Anyway, shady shit. So, the, so, whoever owned whatever part of the family owned that parcel of land that the homeless settled on rented it to the, to like, whoever, there's some foundation that, controls homeless or whatever they rented that plot of land for one dollar a year to make it legal whoa and just to get back at the city because the city that's wanted what the homeless I out some crazy story yeah whoa so that's that's what happened i'm somehow i'm a part of that but i mean aside <laughs> from all the benefits and like the perks that the homeless get in this liberal city or whatever it's still a cold fucking rainy dark town Right. You know, like if I were homeless, I'd be heading, I'd go down to Southern California. How are you going to get there? Second. How are you going to get there? That's true. I mean, I don't know. You figure it out. Greyhound. With what money? How much do you think a bus ticket would be down to LA? Is it too much for a homeless person? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, f- you find a way. You drink, you probably drink that amount of money in a week. Well, think of it this way, too. <laughs> if maybe you're, you're an alcoholic, so that's your first but priority. <laughs> this, But because you have this mindset, but people, but you're not Neil, homeless. These people don't right. probably, these probably yeah. maybe don't even think about it. I mean, like, that's probably not true. to say all homeless people but are homeless people drugs. come here, though. They come right. here to be homeless. Right. Because it, because if they're going to be homeless, they might as well do it in a spot that... 
So like, I'd I rather mean, be somewhere that's less benefits. And those are the ambitious homeless people, in my opinion. <laughs> those are those yeah. Are, I'm already thinking of how to hack the system. Those are like the <laughs> those are I'm the homeless. Okay, this is going to be really fucked up of me to say, but those are like the Gary V's of homeless. Those people that like, you know, like, and this is a very. I understand this is a very weird oh, opinion. Fuck, I don't give a shit. But you know, like, this I is mean, not a PC podcast. Li- not all homeless people are addicted to drugs, but I mean, when you're addicted to drugs, all you're focused on is getting that next hit. Of course, you know what I mean. So the last thing on their mind is, well, if I yeah. if I can logistically get, right. get a greyhound and go to, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd be Orange more. County sounds uh, nice yeah, this time of year. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. Right, they're 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 train of thought is like how to get fucking drugs their focus is on something else yeah but which is likely why they're home and not to say they're which sucks intellectuals not to say they're not like they've they've hit some hard times the thing that bums me out is the people who are like schizophrenic and have been improperly diagnosed they don't get help like that sucks yeah they're just on and you see them walking around the street just talking to themselves that's why and and we're fortunate to live in a city that like takes that into account, which yeah. is why you know, which is nice is great. about our city. Yep, it is. It's really nice. But there's a, just like there's good and bad intellectuals. There's there's good and bad people that own homes. There's good and bad people that are homeless too. Yeah, you know? the know. people are people, like yeah. uh, Depeche Mode says. People are people, so why should it be? Speaking Andrew. Of, speaking Andrew of people, should, speaking of people, should we go to current events? Let's do it. Ooh. Ooh. How do you like oh, that segue? Penelope's. Ooh, getting better at these segues. Ooh, nice. Oh. See, see that stupid moon? <laughs> that stupid moon? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently Milford's been there. I guess last night it was like a super moon and oh, uh, I heard about this. super blood blue moon. Whoa. I don't know the details of it, but uh, that looks pretty awesome. Super blue blood moon. So let's read this here. The moon appears red in a lunar eclipse as sunlight is filtered through Earth's atmosphere. Yes. The night sky had a display in store on Wednesday, 31st January. Sorry, I read that like a European. January 31st, with a lunar event being called the Super Blue Blood Moon. Whoa. It looks kind of cool. It looks like a blood moon. Parts of the U.S. and Eastern Europe saw it. Um, Weird. Oh, that does look pretty sweet. What city is that in? Uh, Russia, Europe, oh. China, and India are all planning lunar missions. Oh, that's something different. That's crazy. Oh, Andrew, I don't think I don't know if you have this as one of your things, but did you see the? It's like a cloud appeared as like a rainbow almost. I think it was in Brazil. Type in yeah, like cloud rainbow Brazil. Something like that. I don't know if it'll pop up. It just happened, I think, today. It's a cloud bow? Yeah, it just ha- like, I think that one on, like, oh. right to the right, that one. Something like that. Fire rainbow cloud? Yeah, fire rainbow. There it is. Fire rainbow cloud. There's better pictures if you back out to the, there's probably, like, an article. Never back out. Never pull out. Never back out. <laughs> Never back out, ever. Never surrender. Rare rainbow cloud seen in Brazil. Fucking Brazil. You know what it is? It's all those giant booties. That's what it is. <laughs> all those fucking giant booties they have down there. Yeah, it's like reflecting back from their butts. So, for, the, for that one listener in Brazil. All the booties. Am I right? Am, no, I, am, right? I, am I right, guys? Guys? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? What is this? Oh, stupid ads. Why do commercials have to suck so much? Dude, they're better than they used to be. It's true. We just don't see as much. Therefore, we think they suck more. 
Did you guys uh, check out the eclipse when it was here? Oh, fuck yeah, oh, yeah, man. I did too. <clears throat> it was fucking awesome. Where'd you, what did you do for it, Andrew? Uh, my dad lives in Salem, so. You went out there? Yeah, front seat. Oh, cool. Did you actually see like the full thing? Full eclipse, really? Yeah. It was fucking nuts. It got cold. Whoa. It was fucking crazy, Whoa, look man. at, there's the video of that thing. Rain, the rainbow cloud. That's pretty cool. Looking. That is pretty cool. That's crazy. Speaking of the lunar eclipse, a little shout out to my sister. So apparently, I forget which city it was, but she coordinated the whole event. One of the cities in eastern Oregon had like a huge event. Oh, yeah. And she yeah, was yeah. the event coordinator for Wasn't it. Wasn't that like, like the epicenter of it? Yeah, one of, one of them. Yeah. What do they call it? Um, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name. Andrew, what do they would. call it like, when it's fully. Um, God, it's totality? Yes, thank you. Totality. Yes. That's right. Totality? Yep. So yeah, but anyway, so if you need an event plan, hit up my sister, Hannah. Wow, so she was like an event planner. She planned for, for the whole city, yeah. Wow. Yep. God, what a head fuck that must yep. have been. Yeah, she just got back from New York planning some huge event over there as well. That's what she does. She's killing it. She just graduated college last year. Shit. Yeah, I'm getting old. What hey, am I doing? Maybe she can life? help me throw like a summer stateside party. She could. Wanting definitely. To do that. Yeah. She like could a big definitely barbecue. Yep. That'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, I see you pulled up this article. This was from last week. Neil, do you remember when I was talking about that? submarine the guy that yes. had a submarine and tortured and killed lady yes the guy that made me want to buy a submarine yes, <laughs> yes that's right you <laughs> fucking creeps <laughs> well i found the article and i gave oh, it to andrew here we go so <coughs> it says the headline says swedish reporter was tied up and tortured before being killed during submarine trip with danish inventor who brought extra tools along to murder her Danish, Danish inventor Peter Madsen. That last part seems like it may be a str- could be a n- misinterpretation. No, 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 no. She was. Hold on. Inventor Peter <laughs> Madsen, forty-six, is charged with murdering Swedish journalist Kim Wall, thirty. She's thirty as she joined him for the maiden voyage aboard his submarine. He allegedly tied tied up and tortured her before strangling her or cutting her throat. Madsen admits he dismembered her body and dumped it in Copenhagen Harbor. But he denies murder, saying she was killed by accident when a hatch fell on her. But when they found the body, she, her arms and legs were missing, and she was decapitated. And there was evidence that she was raped. It sucks. So yeah, her, but that doesn't prove he brought extra tools for it. Isn't that yeah, what the headline said? I, I don't know. Maybe they. I mean, maybe he keeps tools. those tools. But she. So it sounds like the story was that she. She was a journalist, and she went to go like check out this crazy inventor's submarine, and then she came back dismembered and. Allegedly raped. Interesting. Has it come out whether he's done so that's this before? Her. No, that was the thing. Is he? Yeah, no one really even knew who he was. I guess. Crazy though, right? So if it's true, I don't know, but it sounds that crazy. Sucks. That sucks. M- Madsen admits abusing her corpse, but maintains Miss Wall died by accident after a hatch fell on her head while she was on board. <laughs> she had ag- oh she agreed to ride along with Madsen for the main voyage of the submarine for a story she was writing. The charges were revealed on January 16th, but without any official details. Crazy, right? Maybe he had everything but the best intentions. She died. He freaked out. and who Started to cut her had legs off. Cabin oh. fever going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's dead anyway, bro. I might as well just do my thing. Jesus Christ. But, like, why would you get on a, a submarine with a, with a man? 
Just I you would? and a guy? Dude, that's badass, dude. If I, you were a, a little, What's up? I own a submarine. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> like, badass, but you got to be smart, too. You got to be smart. That's what I'm saying. If you're you like a... fucking have a gun. You got to have a knife. Sub- well, I mean, who's the, she was a reporter. Who's to say the news agency she worked for wasn't like, hey, we, we got a cool story, you know, as one of the, yeah. the PG ones. You know, well, go I check out this that. dude that if owns she, a submarine. Well, I get that if she went on with, like, a crew, but it was just her, this small, really good-looking, well, petite girl why the gets fuck on the submarine with a guy. Doesn't right. make any sense. Then. Well, that's what we're asking. Maybe she, they just sent her for an interview. Yeah, but yeah. You just said it. Why would she get on a loan? <laughs> like that, dude. That's a tiny submarine. Yeah, that's too. not a very impressive submarine. <laughs> it's really not. That looks like when you picture a a guy owns his like own a, submarine. That's what it is. That looks like something you would make in your garage. <laughs> that's what that looks like. <laughs> Like, just is it like a weekend project? Hey guys, I'm building a I submarine. <laughs> Want to go down with me? <laughs> Nothing bad will happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I can picture God. you just, like, cruising in a submarine. Just cruising. That's your new office, yeah. dude. Submarine management. There you go. <laughs> James, I can't hear you very well. We have reached I'm outside my of the stateside. <laughs> <laughs> International management. Sorry. Bro. No, it's like, I can't hear you. Oh, hold on. Let me move. Sorry, let me... Yeah, sorry, that part of my submarine Let me is go really... back up. <laughs> Wave to me. I have my periscope out. Can you see it? Dude. No, How I'm about not... submarines, huh? Yeah, dude. I, dude, that shit creeps me out. Would you, like... Okay, if you had to be in the Navy, would you rather be on those huge aircraft carriers where you're like, you know, you never see the light of day because you're underground and you're doing like all that fucking Navy on shit? Aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah. Or would you rather be in a submarine? I, I couldn't deal with the submarine. I, I don't think it could too be. Tight, too, too tight. Too tight. Too scary. I'm not, yeah. Ugh. I'm not man enough to do either. So. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be clear. I think that's where I am, too. Well, okay. like in the movies, too, in the submarines, they're like always like sweaty and shit. It's, always. It's like miserable down there. Miserable. It's like red light and like. Fuck. Yeah, red light. Yeah, it's always red. <laughs> oh, I've watched him. a lot of World War II documentaries. It was not pleasant. Yeah, nothing good happens when you're in a submarine. Yeah. Nothing. Miserable death. If you had. If you had to be in one of the armed forces, what would you do? Air Force, Navy, Marines, Army. If I had to do it, this is kind of a deep question. I've always loved jets, but yeah, I think I'd do the Air Force. I'd, I'd, I don't well, even know if I'd want to fly. I think I'd just be a part of it. I've, I've, I've never. I'd do like admin work in the Air Force. I never. I don't feel like Hands I've ever pilots. had the mental toughness to do anything like those guys do. However, if I was drafted and I had to pick. I would do the Marines because that's what my father did. And oh, I would man up your dad and I would was fucking do it. Nice. Nice, yep. man. They're yep. the old school shit. Yep. Because First if I if I had to go to war, yeah, if I had to go to war and I was going to die, I'm going to fucking die a man. I'm going to do it in my father's Yeah, mind. I mean, I'd like to think that would be like an army ranger or something like the special forces stuff, but yeah. like that's so intense, the uh, training for If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too. If you if you do sign up for it, I don't want to be a grunt. I don't want to just well. It's not even the fact or like a radar it. guy or something nerdy yet. Well, I mean, me. I I do have a specialized trade. I could do something. Oh in yeah, audio you or could spying. actually. Yeah, but I mean, like, and if they if they asked me to do that, I I would probably do it. But I would still like I don't know if I if I'm gonna be that big of a fucking man, I'm gonna be a fucking man. You're gonna go for it. I'm gonna like yeah, because that's life altering. Yeah, like if I just got drafted tomorrow, it's like well, every plan I've had is out the door. Yeah. At least for now. So, new path. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the only way you'd have to do it, huh? Yeah. It's like, well, this is what I'm doing now, yep. so I have to fully embrace it. Mm-hmm. And you know? own it. 
But no, I would never uh, fucking join the military. <laughs> God, too much of a pussy for that. Yeah. What else you get, Drewski? Any other? You uh, watch the uh, Grammys? I, any of that? Only like a couple highlights. I haven't seen any of it. But apparently, it's one of the lowest viewed Grammys yeah, to history. I don't really care for it. But I don't think anyone does. <laughs> Some. I mean, I like to check out the live performances, I guess. But uh, the the stuff that Ryan was a part of being nominated for, unfortunately, did not win. The, Still, he's uh, fucking nominated. Yeah, it's two times a lot over. Of people can fucking say two that. times over. Yeah, two times nominated. Drum and gorillas. It's only a matter of time, man. He's broke that. He's See, there that it circle. is. Yep. Um, I just saw it. I thought it did. Song of the year, maybe. But, but, but well, anyway. So who won? So LCD Sound System and Kendrick Lamar record of the year. Yeah, album of the year was a uh, Bruno Mars. Okay. Uh, record of the year is Bruno Mars. I don't know the difference. Song of the year. Who won so, that? Uh, this is what I like. By Bruno Mars again. Yep. And best, best new, new artist, artist Alicia Cara. At least I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that slut is. Jesus. <laughs> best pop solo performance, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. That was a monster hit. Um, best pop duo slash group performance. Feel it still by Portugal Demand. Oh shit! Yes, those are local home homeboys. Yep. God, they're killing it. Best traditional pop vocal album, Tony Bennett. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Best pop vocal album, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. <clears throat> Dance electronic field, <clears throat> LCD sound system. That's the. That's the one. Oh, and see, that was the go back up, Drew. Yep. That's the category that Ryan was part of right there. Gorillas featuring yeah. Yep. I always fuck up the name. Andromeda. It's not Andromeda. It's Andromeda. Andromeda. There it is. And on that song, Andromeda featuring Drom. And Ryan recorded both those guys. That's cool. And the year prior to that, Drom was also nominated. So, yeah. Excellent. Best Dance Electronic Album. Winner was Kraftwerk. What? 3D The Catalog. Did you know that, Andrew? Yeah, I, I didn't know, know that either. God, who would have thought, right? One of the first ever. Best Contemporary Instrumental Album, Jeff Lorberview, sure, whatever. Rockfield, Leonard Cohen, wow, that old dude. Oh, look, Chris Cornell was nominated. Corpse. Yep. Best Metal Performance winner, Mastodon, sweet. Mastodon. Congrats to Mastodon. Best Rock Song goes to Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters, the song Run. I like that song. It's good. Yeah. Do you like it, Andrew? Eh, for radio, yeah. you know. Yeah. Foo Fighters don't really do a whole lot for me. I know. It's just middle oh, of the road. I'm it's finally like, on It board. rocks, but eh, I don't fucking care. But that's better than like a lot of stuff out there, maybe. Or is that Metallica a really Metallica was in the running on that? I don't fucking know. You see that? Metallica was in the running. For what? The top one. Best rock song. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn. God, those guys are still still doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the War on Drugs, the War on best drugs. rock album. Whoa! Against Mastodon, mm. Metallica, nothing more in Queens of the Stone Age. They won. Damn. Best alternative music album goes to the National. I like the National. They're kind of cool. Do you know them, Andrew? I know their single. Yeah, some of their stuff the is okay. I like the radio song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, best R and B performance goes to Bruno Mars. Yet, of course. Best traditional R&B performance goes to Childish Gambino. Aru. Aru. Best R&B song goes... That's what I like. To... Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Best 
Urban Contemporary Album goes to The Weeknd. Dope. Best R&B Album goes to Bruno Mars. Best Rap Performance goes to Kendrick Lamar. Best Rap Sung Performance. Kendrick Lamar featuring Rihanna. Best Rap Song goes to Kendrick Lamar. Best Rap Album. There we go. Kendrick Lamar. Killing it. Best Country Solo goes to Chris Stapleton. Best Country Duo goes to Little Big Town. Whoever that is. You never heard a little big. I'm town? just kidding. I just don't like it. I was oh. pretending it didn't exist. <laughs> Florida Georgia Line. Come on, where are you? Well, we don't have to go through the rest. <laughs> yeah, of it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, we have been here so many for categories. an hour. <laughs> oh shit! It keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Whoa, that is so long. Best opera recording. Yeah. Wow. They really best music film. Actually, I'm curious about that. The Defiant ones. That's nice. cool. Nice. That was a fucking cool series. They need to have one yeah, category really that's good. like the worst. Like, whatever. Just one category. Yeah, just the fucking Just to worst say you were on the Grammys, you know? It'd be Dude, I won a Grammy. I won. The worst record. Hey, I won. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was, like, one of the lowest, you know, ratings they've received. I mean... Only because no one watches television. Or live. Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, fuck that. Both of that. If they were like, smart, they'd air it live on TV. They'd and stream they'd it. put it on Netflix. They'd That's stream right. Stream it. Stream that shit, bro. <laughs> The Olympics are around the corner, which they're also worried that it's going to get no ratings. Winters? Yeah. Where is it, it where's it at? They're oh, yes. smart. They put on this Netflix. Um, Korea, North, or, <laughs> North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Oh, my uh, God. South Korea, sorry. Oh, interesting. Pyongyang? Pyongyang? South Korea? Right, holy shit. Pyongyang. There it is. Pyongyang. 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 Jesus, Andrew. <laughs> Pull it back. <laughs> Ching Chong. Chang. He called Ching a woman Chong a slut Chang. earlier. And you're giving him shit about trying to hey. pronounce a Korean name? <laughs> oh, you have no Jesus idea. Jesus Christ. There's a, uh, a thing on Netflix I recommend. It's like, you know, a background on all the athletes, the American athletes, and the what have yous for the upcoming Olympics. If you give a fuck at all, I recommend it. Wasn't there a country that was banned? It was Russia, right? I'm into it. Russia, yes. Yeah. That's right. We talked about it on the podcast. Yes. How crazy yeah. is that? Yes. It, it was all for doping. Is that right? I can't remember. Something to do with drugs, I believe. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah, but they're like the kings of the Winter Olympics. That's very... I yeah. Mean, you know what that means. America's just going to win it all. Not in the winter. I'm You'd being, be surprised. I'm being countryist. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's yeah. like but, like all the winter countries, like Sweden, Norway, they're, they always... It's, it was a joke, James. God damn. <laughs> Canada, they do really well. Wasn't there like a death a couple years ago? Like a dude flew into a fucking wall. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the last like Winter Olympics. Speed skiing. That was last Winter something. Olympics. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck that shit. Saw a thing on Sean White. I had no idea how involved in music he really was. Do you know yeah. that, Neil? I remember he he Sean bought a White tiny house for a while. I think he's in a band and like toured a lot and like that was his whole thing for the past since the last Winter Olympics, basically, which was four years ago. Yep. There he is. Super cool looking now. Oh shit, he's Bruno Mars. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is probably gonna be his last one. Well, how old is he now? I don't know. I mean, he's got to be in his thirties now, right? I mean, he—I think he competed when he was really young, like fifteen or something. The first one. I think he's won more in snowboarding than anyone ever. I think mm. that's correct. He built a brand. Yep. All right, man. Anything else on the current events list there, Drewski? 
First Lady Melania Trump broke with long-standing tradition when she arrived at her husband's State of the Union address alone. What do you fucking do? Yeah, who gives a shit? He was probably busy. Oh, the fucking who cares about the State of the Union anyway? Wait, what did the what did it say again? What's First Lady Melania? She Trump showed up broke? before her husband. Oh, like that's really who cares? Suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and the State of the Union is the most like. You know, it's it's not even part. Of, it's not a constitutional requirement of the president. He's only required to send, like, a note to Congress. He can do it in an email. He doesn't. There doesn't have to be a State of the Union. It's all like fanfare and, and you know, just it's horseshit. All I these feel, Democrats like who he, pretend they love him and clap for him, and then the, it's it's really bizarre. I feel like he gives a State of the Union with every tweet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what did he? What could he have possibly said last night that would have been revealing, or I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, like, nothing because we're talking about how her, her his exactly wife showed up early. exactly. I mean, even if That's he did say something really good and worthwhile, then it wouldn't have ever gone. Gonna, we're no, hear about it. No, we would never hear about it. That's absolutely right. And no one cares enough to search it on YouTube and stream it. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird tradition, right? How often? I mean, it makes sense back in like the Eisenhower days. Yeah, they used to like do it on the radio, right? If did they do it in the Eisenhower days? Sure. I don't know enough about politics. Forgive me. I don't know. But it would make sense when we actually, when we had politicians that actually gave a shit. Well, that too. Absolutely. When it was an honor to serve your country as opposed to a political branding move. Yeah. But whatever. Trying to go through. Oh, okay. I have my movie pick. I just remembered what it was. Surprise, it's State of the Union. <laughs> was that it for current events? Yeah, Andrew? yeah. So I got a movie pick. Uh, me and Ashley went and saw a movie on Tuesday called Hostels. Anyone heard about this? Nope. If you want to pull that up, Andrew might help. My little visual. Surprisingly good. I had never even heard of it. Hostels. H-O-S-T-I-L-E-S. Yeah, I can't Oof. get off without a visual. I L yes. Yeah, there you go. Not hostile. Oh, gotcha. Host- yes, to the hosteals. right. There it is. Uh, yeah, surprisingly good. Christian Bale, um, Wes Studi, who's like a really famous Native American actor. He's been fucking everything that involves Native Americans. Dance of the Bulls and all that shit. Did you just say he's been fucking everything? He's been fucking everything. Sorry. Uh, really, yeah, really good story. Uh, Christian Bale plays a like an American soldier in like post Civil War era, late eighteen hundreds, and it's the story is like a, the dynamic between America of that time and the natives, and how not like we treated them like shit. A lot of native tribes were really, really violent, and that's something a lot of people don't like to talk about. That like the Comanche tribe was like super. Like, they would pull raids on people and kill them and steal all their shit. And there's a lot of, like, death on both sides and all this, like, you know, a lot of those soldiers in that era, would they were, like, war veterans of going to war with natives. You know, that was their only experience in the Army for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Like, any of that era, they were either in the Civil War or they're warring with with Native Americans, like Little Bighorn and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's really complicated, but... It, they did a really good job of like our inexcusable treatment of Native Americans for sure, um, but like this arc of 
these soldiers who went into this story, and I'm not ruining anything, but they go into it with like a more sort of like violent hatred of natives and just sort of a, a history of that, you know, like that's how they view them. But by the end of it, they, they kind of turn a corner and anyway, I highly recommend the movie. Highly cool. recommend it. Really, really good. I, I think you'd really like it. Excellent. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they, they handled that story as fair and balanced. As they possibly could, you know, it's, it's not just like, I don't know not just, you know, white guilt, only feel bad, never forgive yourself. It's like, it's complicated. It's a complicated country. Well, it's, I mean, every war is complicated. Yeah, and, and it was no <laughs> different than any other war. And I mean, we really did a lot of shitty things in this country. And they, they did a really good job of explaining it with a lot of context and highly recommend it. That is my movie pick of the week. Thanks to Mike Milford for being on. We appreciate it, buddy. Very interesting guy. I think he, he's going to give our audience a lot of good advice. If you're playing a band or you want to work in the industry, or you're just a dude. You're, you're a burping dude like Andrew. You're just a dude jerking off to a bunch of voices. Your dude or... dude disguises another. What's the Tropic Thunder? Your dude playing a dude disguises another dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that movie. It just occurred to me. I can only imagine. That's going to be my movie pick B. How about that? There you go. I can only imagine what people actually think of me. With all the weird shit I say. And they don't know me, so there's no context. There's no context. Who knows what they think I am? Yeah, podcasts are weird. Like, the ones I listen to frequently, you, you feel like you know them. But you I've never met Brendan Schaub or Brian Callen or Joe Rogan or Tom Segura. Fucking all those guys me and Andrew listen to. I, like, Mark Marin, All these people I listen to on a daily basis. And I feel like I have a context of who they are, but I've never met them. So I'm only going off this thing that we're doing right now. Exactly. It's really weird. Really weird. I don't know. Who I don't knows? know. No one knows. You do your best. We're all just dust in the wind. Just dust in the wind. You got anything, Drew? Any sign-offs? Anything you're working on? No. No shows? Nothing coming up? Just <clears throat> chilling like a villain? Jeez. Uh, well, you're just a basic bitch. <laughs> basic <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Andrew is for hire for hand jobs. And apparently we decided last week he'll do it for pretty cheap. Yeah, I don't know the exact surprised. number, but I can tell you from experience he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> oh, to update you on chapter six of my book. Yay. Yep. And Neil is still taking... It um, hard in the ass. He's it real hard in the butt. <laughs> And submissions for free mixes. Yeah, on top of it taking in the butt, he's taking submissions for free mixes. Yes, and Travis Ball and I are trying to find something to work together on. Yes, you are. So if you're a band that likes Travis Ball's mixes and you're looking to have some hot motherfucker produce you, hit us up. Yeah. I don't I don't I could a fair deal in there. I don't want to I don't want to say anything different, but I'm pretty sure there's some sort of discount that could be hooked up there. I, I don't so want to speak for Pratt for Travis, but I think it's fair. Yeah, because we want well, to try I mean, working the, together. Definitely. I mean, if you're going to get yeah. two rad dudes like that. Yeah, two different ears on your set of projects. Yeah, we'll, we'll hook it up. We'll oh, make yeah. it totally worth the yes. time. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, now's the time, guys. If you're looking to work with a producer or mixer, hit us up. It's the winter. Like, get us while you can because things pick up pretty quickly. And, uh, yeah, get on the calendar now. Right, Neil? I, I, I would say so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Indeed. Uh, you can find Andrew at Don't Mind If I Drew on Instagram. 
Gio, Gio. Let him Gio, Gio. let him say it. Andrew, he said it. So <laughs> I knew he wouldn't care. <laughs> Neil, where can they find you on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't get in trouble. I, I just never mind. I just had this weird. Okay, uh, <laughs> at Neilio Angle. Uh, Jesus Christ! It always sounds like you're saying like Neilio. 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 N e i l i o, e n g l e. I like to think of your first name as Neilio. I have like you're Italian. Or my something. closest friends call me Neilio. Neilio Angle. That was a racist thing I just hell, did. Yeah, how is that Italian? I guess I guess I get it, Neilio. You can find my personal stuff at James Ian Macmillan. You can find Stateside at Stateside MGMT, and at statesidemgmt.com. He's lying. <laughs> what was that? A demon in the corner? Where did that cat go? By the way, Andrew, I haven't heard that cat in a while. Yeah, the cat. Maybe he's was, gone. The cat has disappeared today. That shit's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Andrew killed him. <laughs> Andrew, that's why he's been so quiet today. He doesn't want to get caught for murder. Yeah. Too All late. Right. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here and let our people go back to their Taco lives. Taco Bell is calling my name. Yeah, that's bad for you, bro. It sounds like, so like good, though. Oh, God, it does. Uh, tune in next week. This episode tonight will drop like it's hot tomorrow, which is Thursday. Uh, is tomorrow February? First day of February? Yes, I believe yes. so. Yes. Uh, today is the, yes, so February first, dropping like it's hot, and we'll have a hot. Guest is this a leap year? Mm, because in that I, case, people only know. have twenty nine days to hit me up for free mixes instead of the usual thirty or thirty one. So well, you better fucking get on the ball. Is that right? Let's check. I don't know. The even if it's not, you have twenty nine days. <laughs> twenty eight days. February is 28 days. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so you only have fucking 28 days to hit me up. You better fucking hit me up. That's right. Get on it. Get on it. All right. We love you guys very much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again to Mike Milford. Yay. Bye. I love you. Let me show you how to keep the dice rolling when you're doing that thing. No kiss. There's no kiss. You got to do the kiss. Like I'm running and I'm feeling like I gotta get away, get away, get away Better know that I don't and I won't ever stop Cause you know I gotta win every day, day Go. She really, really wanna pop me Go. Just know that you will never pop me oh. And I know that I gotta be a little cocky Go. You ain't never gonna stop me Every time I come a nigga gotta set it Then I gotta go and I gotta get it Then I gotta blow and I gotta shut it Any little thing a nigga think that he be doing Cause it doesn't matter cause I'm gonna yeah. da-da-da-da Then I'm gonna murder everything and anything about a boom about a bing I gotta do a lot of things to make it clear To a couple niggas that I always win And then I gotta get it again and again and again <laughs> And I be doing it to death, and now I move a little foul. A nigga better call a rap, and everybody know my style. And niggas know that I'm the best when they come to doing this. And I be banging on my chest, and I bang in the east, and I banging in the west. And I come to give you more, and I will never give you less. You will hear it in the street, and you can read it in the press. Do you really want to know what's next? Let's go. See the way we on it, and we all up in the race. And you know we got it, gonna try to keep up with the pace. And we struggling and hustling and set it, and I get it. And we always got to do it, take it to another place. Got to taste it, and I got to grab it. And I got to cut all through this traffic just to be at the top of the throne. But I know I got to have it. Have it. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.